So today, what we're going to do is normally, normally we, uh, we are in a series where we do a theme, where we're covering a particular theme, or I do a sermon where, a uh, sermon series where we're covering a certain um, a book of the Bible, and we'll read through that book and study through that book. But every once in a while, I do what's called a standalone sermon, and I'm just going to preach a single sermon. It's not a part of a series, not a part of a book, but it's something that, that God put on my heart this week that I just really, really want to communicate to the church. Um, and I was actually going to launch the Generosity Paradox this Sunday, but I thought I'd give you a week to kind of ease into it. Now, uh, I, 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 I uh, started talking to the staff this week, and around midweek I said, I've got to hold off on that series. I've got something to preach that I want to share with the church. So we're going we're gonna to come at this from John chapter 14, verses 5 and 6. Two verses, and then I'm going to launch in. Here's what it says, John 14, verses 5 through 6. It says... Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus, we don't know where you're going, so we don't know how to follow you. Follow you. We, don't know how the, we don't know the way to get there. Jesus answered Thomas, and he said this. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. Today, I want to preach for just a few moments on the subject, the way of Jesus. The way of of Jesus. Let's take a moment. Let's bow our heads. Let's open our minds and hear the word of the Lord. Father, we thank you. We ask that your spirit would descend upon us right now that any distraction, any concern, any worry, anything that has got us uh, focused on anything other than you would be driven out of our minds and our hearts. And for the next few moments, we would lean in. We would anticipate. We would trust you, and we would focus on you and your word. I pray that each and every one of us, Lord, would open our hearts to receive what you have to teach us and, uh, and lead us in today so that we can be transformed, God, into the image of your son, that we can be more and more like Jesus. We thank you, we love you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. amen. So Mondays, Mondays, uh, I take the day off. That's my, that's my rest day. And usually when it's a Monday, what I'll do is I'll go run some errands or I'll do a little bit of housework. I'll do basically whatever my wife has scheduled for me on that particular day. So last Monday, uh, my wife and I were going to go get the car wash. So we were going to go up to uh, the, the Wiz car wash up on Page, and we we're going to go get the whole car washed inside, outside. And so we're driving up to the Wiz on Page, and uh, Rebecca says to me, my wife, she says, you know, I'm feeling a little hungry. It was about 11.30. I said, you know, I'm kind of feeling hungry too. So we said, let's, let's, let's stop and get something to eat on the way to the car wash. So we're driving uh, towards the car wash, and we drove by Mi Ranchito. Anybody know Mi Ranchito over here in U City? Oh, man. There's some, some Mi Ranchito people in the house. So she said, you want to grab some Mi Ranchito? I said, no, I'm not really feeling Mi Ranchito right now. She said, okay. So we're driving a little further on Olive. We start to pass by Lulu's Chinese food over on Olive. You know, anybody? Man. <laughs> <laughs> the restaurants are going to make so much money today. This app, they're just going to be like. So she said, "You want to grab some Lulus?" And I'm like, nah, "I don't know. I'm not really feeling Lulus right now. You know, I'm not not really feeling it." So we get a little further. Now it's you know, it's time is moving. You know, we get over to Haveli, this Indian restaurant over here on Page. She says, "You want to go to Haveli?" I go, nah, I don't know. "I'm not really feeling. Not really feeling that right now." So she kind of turns to me and says, "Okay, so what are you feeling? Like, what are you? What do you want to get into? Because I'm getting hungry." I didn't really know what I wanted, but I knew I didn't want those things. I just, I wasn't sure. 
Now we're driving, and now we're over kind of in Overland somewhere over there, okay? And I, I saw up this residential street what I thought was a restaurant. And I thought, you know, let's go find a little hole in the wall, a little mom and pop shop. Like, let's do something new. So I take a right up into this residential area. It turns out that restaurant was actually a dry cleaner. It wasn't a restaurant. So I didn't, I didn't want her to know. I just drove right past it as if. And she's like, do you know, do you know where you're going? I said, yeah, I'm just going to show you where I'm going up here. I'm going to show you. Anyway, we spun around the residential area, eventually ended up on St. Charles Rock Road. I don't know, and now I don't know where I am. Like, I don't know if I'm going east, west, north, or south. I don't know where I'm at. But now I'm desperately trying to find anything because I don't want it to be known that, like, I had no idea where I've been going this whole time. So I see a little hole-in-the-wall restaurant that shall not be named. That restaurant which shall not be named. For reasons you'll find out in just a moment. So I said, this is where I want to take you, babe. (laughs) now this restaurant did not have a welcoming appearance let's just say it did not say come in because we are clean healthy and safe here it did not say that it said other things but i thought you know there's a it's a restaurant so we're going and we're going and so we go and i said i want you to try this she's and she's adventuresome so she said okay let's try it so we go into this restaurant now i'm thinking the food is going to be probably six dollars seven dollars a plate you know tops five dollars ideally preferably we order our food, it's $45 for just the two of us. Just the two of us. Now, this is not, there's not a sit-down restaurant. There's no linen tablecloths. This is you go in, you order, and you... So we got our styrofoam, $45 styrofoam food and, in the bags, and, and we walk out. Now, I'm still trying to keep up the appearance that everything is as planned. So we walk out of the restaurant. We sit down. They had a little place you could sit down. We sit down. We open our styrofoam containers, and Rebecca takes a bite of her food, and I'm watching her face. And she looks at me and she says, I'm sorry, babe. I cannot eat this. Like this, I cannot eat. This is inedible. I just can't eat it. Not being picky, just like I seriously can't eat it. So I think, well, let's just see about that. So I take a bite of my food. And I'm just going to tell you, this is why I'm not going to name the place. I couldn't eat it. I could not eat it. But I tried to do, you know, I'm like, you know, it's not so bad. So, so I took another bite and then I crumbled. I, it all fell apart. I'm like, babe, I can't eat this either. Anyway, we boxed up our $45 food, and we, we had to throw it away. $45, right? And if you think this story has a happy ending, let me correct your thought process on that. Because we ended up at Arby's Roast Beef. That's where we ended up. Why did we end up at Arby's Roast Beef? Because I didn't know where we were, and I didn't know where we were going. I didn't know the way. Sometimes in our spiritual lives, we need to reorient ourselves to figure out where we are and where we're going because sometimes in our spiritual lives we can find ourselves taking detours getting down the wrong roads not knowing where we're going and ending up with results that we did not intend and that we do not like and so what I want to do today is in this sermon called the way of Jesus what I want to do today is I want to zoom back out for us as a church community and say what is the way of Jesus where is Jesus taking us as a church and as individuals. Just like Thomas who said, Jesus, I don't know where you're going, so I don't know the way. Sometimes that's us. We say, we don't know where you're going, Jesus. We don't know where you're leading us. And Jesus says, I am the way. So what I want to do today is I want us to zoom out for a moment and look at the way of Jesus. In fact, the early Christians called it the way. If you look at history, when people were followers of of, of Jesus, before they were called Christians, they were called people of the way. 
meaning that Jesus had a way, a specific way, a, 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 a narrow path way. And so he was directing people along this way. And sometimes as followers of Jesus, 2,000 years later, we need to pause and go, wait a minute, what was the way again? So here's what we're going to do. I had um, Pastor Tyler uh, put together a graphic that I'm going to use as a template, a visual for us throughout this sermon. And as you'll see on the top of the graphic, you see the word community. And then as you spiral in a little closer, you see the word crowd. As you spiral in a little bit closer, you see the word Christian. And as you spiral in a little closer, you see the word committed. And then as you spiral in a little tighter, you see the word commissioned. And at the center of the spiral, of course, is Christ. And so what I want to do is I want to use this visual to walk us through the way of Jesus. I want to use this uh, graphic to help you locate a, where am I right now on the way? Where am I on the way? And at the end of the sermon, I'm going to have you pray and ask God to show you what step do you want me to take on the way? Where do you want me to go on the way? So let's start with the very outer spiral that we are calling community. Community. What is the community? For our purposes, for this graphic, for this visual, for this metaphor, we're calling the community everybody who is not a follower of Jesus. Everybody who is not a participant in a local church community and a follower of Jesus. This is everybody you know at the barbershop, at the gym, at your school, your colleagues at work, your friends on Facebook, folks on Instagram that are out in the community that are near us but not with us. And I say us, I'm talking about Christians in general. Not just one family church. I'm talking about followers of Jesus, right? So the community means, for this purpose, folks that are outside of the church community. And Jesus had a very specific plan for people in what what we would call the community. Here's his plan in Luke 14. This is what he says. He teaches this. He says, a certain man was preparing a banquet, a party, and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come. He said, tell them, tell people to come for everything is ready for the party. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another one said, I just got married, so I can't come. So the servant came back and reported this to the master. Then the owner, it says, of the house became angry and ordered his servant. He said, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. In other words, what Jesus is teaching is he wants us to go out where there is a need because he's got something to feed those in need. He said, I'm preparing a banquet, a feast, a party, a celebration. I want you to go to the people that you know who have needs and bring them into my house because I've got something for them. I've got joy and I've got peace. I've got patience and long suffering. I've got encouragement. I've got hope. For the people who are out there that need to come in here, I want you to go out and bring them in. How many of you have a friend with a need? I don't know anybody that doesn't have a need. I don't know anybody that doesn't have a need that God can not fulfill. I know everybody that I know has a need that God can fulfill, that God can take care of. Everybody I know has a need. So Jesus is saying, okay, the thing to do with folks in the community is to bring them in, right? So at One Family Church, what this means for us is we want to make sure that we're outreaching folks in the community 
folks that are not a part of One Family Church, people that are not a part of, 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 the, of the Christian faith, and we want to serve them. We want to demonstrate to them that there's something that we have for them that, that will satisfy and satiate the need that they have. They have sorrows, and Christ has solutions. They have problems, and God says, I have a purpose and a plan. But you got to bring them into the party. We call this a weekly celebration. Why? Because we come and celebrate God here. And when we're celebrating God, we want to invite people to the party. You know how you send out invitations to a party? That's what we're doing. We're saying, hey, we're going to come celebrate God. And we think that when you come and celebrate God, it might transform you. Something that you have, some need, some hurt, some pain, some problem, and your life can be transformed. So we want to move people from the community into the spiral of the crowd. From the community to the crowd. Now, what is the crowd? The crowd in the New Testament, and for our purposes here, is anybody who's near Jesus, whether they are with Jesus or not. The crowd is, the, you, you look at the crowds in Jesus' day, some of them were with him, some were against him, and some weren't sure, right? So what my prayer at One Family Church is that folks that come in, folks that are watching on YouTube, folks that are here at U-City, folks that are down at Shaw, that there will be a significant portion of people in the crowd who are not quite sure whether or not they're followers of Jesus. And in fact, some who are pretty darn sure they're not, right? So my hope is always that we have people in the crowd who are going, I just want to see what this is about. Because in Jesus' day, there were cynics, there were critics, there were agnostics, there were atheists, there were believers, and there were unbelievers in the crowd. But they were coming around him because he was, he was presenting something that seemed powerful and true and right, but they weren't quite sure. And so we, we say, hey, we want to bring you from the community into the crowd. Because when you come into the crowd, then things can start to happen. Things can start to change in your life. Look what happens in Jesus' day. It says Jesus went through Galilee teaching in the synagogue. So he's giving the word of God, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria. And people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon possessed, those having seizures, the paralyzed, and he healed them. And then it says this, large crowds from where? Everywhere, from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across Jordan followed him. In other words, a crowd always gathered where Jesus was. Because Jesus was addressing the needs of people, and by addressing the needs of the people, the people came to Jesus. So one family church, what that means for us is we need to address the needs of people. Physical needs, relational needs, spiritual needs, social needs, you know, dating needs, parenting needs. Some of y'all, I just skipped right over dating needs. Some of you are like, wait, dating needs? We all have needs, and, we, and when we come around Jesus, we're coming. The only reason we're coming to church is because there's something in us that needs something that we think might be there. That's why we come. That's why we really come. So Jesus says, look, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to address the needs of the people, right? So that's what we're called to do. We're called to address the needs of the people. But that's not where we stop, right? Because Jesus is drawing them one coil tighter. Right? Because we want to move the crowd to what we're calling Christians. We want to move people who are thinking about Jesus to saying, you know what, I actually want to follow Jesus. Uh, many of you have heard me talk about my, my former neighbors who now live in Portugal, Scott and Amy. Scott and Amy were my next door neighbors for many years. And they came to one family church the opening day, the very first day. Why? Because I invited them. Because I invite everybody to One Family Church. 
If you see me somewhere, if I'm at the, I'm at, if I'm at the, if I'm at the pumpkin patch, I'm going to invite people to church. I just invite people to church. I just want, I invite people to the party. I just come to the party. You're going to love it. So I invited my neighbors. She was an atheist. He was an agnostic. And they're like, okay, we'll come. I thought, well, that's interesting. So they did. They sat right in the very, very back, right there. And afterwards, I asked them. This is our very first Sunday. I asked them. I said, how did you, how did, how did you like it? How was the experience for you? And they said something I will never forget. I'll remember this for the rest of my life. They're like, it was a very interesting cultural experience, is the way they said that. <laughs> Meaning, um, we don't know what to make of it. And we have never been around anything like that. Um, and we found it interesting. I think cultural experience was them saying, like, we're still a little distant from it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, huh, it's an interesting cultural experience. But anyway, they came back for another interesting cultural experience the next Sunday. And it turns out that f- for several weeks when we launched the church, they, were, they, they started attending, which I found very surprising, as I mentioned, because they, she was an atheist and he was an agnostic. So they're attending, and then one day I'm in the neighborhood, and I'm walking up to my house and whatever, and they're out in the front yard, and Scott and Amy, they say, hey, Brent, come here, we need to talk to you. So I come over there, and they go, hey, we need to talk to you about something. And I go, okay. And they go, you know, we've been coming to, to the church for a while now, you know, and it's been a really interesting cultural experience for us, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. And they go, but we're starting to get a weird feeling. And I go, what's the feeling? And I think it was Amy that said, we're starting to feel like you want us to actually believe this stuff. And I was like, spoiler alert, yeah, that's exactly, that's the thing, actually. Um, <laughs> what I wanted to say is, oh, yeah, okay, you're getting it, right? What you're understanding is that, yeah, we want you to come in, right, and experience the love and grace of God through Jesus Christ by the power of His Spirit and have it transform your life and become a new creature and go out and spread the gospel. That's what we want. So, yeah, the feeling that you have is right. And they, in fact, said, hey, actually, we're going to stop coming for a little bit because we're feeling this, that 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 you're pulling us into something and we're not sure we want to go. And I said, you take your time. And as many of you know, over the years, it took him seven years, people. But seven years later, Amy came down, I baptized her right here in the front row. Right? And right before, right before they left for Portugal, I think I may have told this, right before they left for Portugal, they had a meeting with me. And Scott comes in and he goes, well, I probably should begin this meeting by telling you something that's really important. I became a Christian this week. I've put my trust in Jesus, and now I'm a follower of Jesus. So God took seven years to bring them all the way in to move them from crowd to Christian. But we want to be a place where you can take seven years, if that's your, if that's your process. Okay? You know, I attended church for two years before I became a Christian. Two years I attended church. Back, back several years ago. I, was at, I went to church for two years because what I knew is that there was something there that, was, that I needed, but I wasn't ready to cross over. I wasn't ready to do it myself, but I needed to be there. So we want to be a place where people who are on the fence, people who are questioning, people who are thinking about it, people who are considering the faith feel like we welcome them here because we do. Because it's a party and we're inviting them to the party to come and celebrate with us. How do, they, how do they move from, from crowd to Christian? Romans 10 says this. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You'll be, you'll be part of the family. 
For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. When I, I know the moment that I move from the crowd to the Christian. I know the moment when I put my faith in Jesus, and it absolutely fundamentally transformed my life forever. It was good to be a member of the crowd, but let me just tell you, man, becoming a follower of Jesus and becoming a Christian is absolutely transformative for your life, 100% liberating for your life, absolutely liberating. Your sins are washed away. You walk in the newness of life. You have a purpose. You have a plan. You have a God that loves you. You're surrounded by his people. It is just absolutely beautiful to move from crowd to Christian. Let me show you how beautiful it is. I don't know if you were here. Some of you were here last Sunday at our baptism. But let me just show you how beautiful it is when you move from crowd to Christian. We've got some pictures here. This first one is Deacon Spencer moving from crowd to, to Christian saying, I want to be a follower of Jesus. This is your new younger brother. Justin Mattingly stepped into the waters of baptism and said, hey, I want to become a follower of Jesus in this community. Haley Coleman stepped forward and said, I want to be a little sister in the body of Christ. Let me in. Mindy Ferguson came into the water and said, let me be a follower of Jesus. This is all last Sunday. Aaron House stepped into the water and said, hey, I want to be a brother, a younger brother in this house. Alyssa Fink came in to the waters of baptism, said, move me from crowd to Christian. Dion Robinson stepped into the water, said, let me take one step closer on the spiral. His sister, Deja Robinson, said, I'd like to also be closer to Jesus. Allison Strenny said, I need in to the body of Christ. Let me be a sister here. Justin Perry said, bring me along. Uh, Andre Tucker said, I'm going to be a follower of Jesus in this church community. Um, a special one to me, Drea Spencer said, okay, I'm ready. Let's do this thing all the way. Let me be. And then, of course, a very important one to me, my son Jameson stepped up on Sunday and said, I want to be, be a follower of Jesus. This is what it looks like when you move from crowd to Christian. You say, I'm, there's, I'm taking a step. I was out here in the community. I was just out here seeing the buildings and meeting the people. And then I stepped in and became a member of the crowd because I had a need. And, and God started touching those needs. And then I said, you know what? I want to be a Christian. But let me tell you something about being a Christian. Becoming a Christian is not the finish line. It's the starting line. A lot of people think, okay, I, got, I, I did it. I went underwater. I said, you know, the Lord's Prayer or whatever. I said the sinner's prayer. Now I'm done. No, 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 no. That's the beginning. You're just at the starting gate. You're at the starting blocks. You're getting ready to take off. That's where you are, right? Because we want to help people move from Christian to the next step, which we're calling committed. What do you mean by committed? Well, it turns out that when you become a follower of Jesus, it's, it's, it's something that God does, right? By his grace through faith, we're saved. We can't do it on our own, right? It's his spirit that draws us, all of that. That's all God saying, hey, I'm, I'm bringing you into my family, but when you are in the family, then he says, I want you to take it a step further. Here's how he puts it. Luke 14, 27. Whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Oh, wait. Wow. Okay, wait a minute. It's one thing to jump into the water. It's another thing to swim. Sometimes as Christians, we like to jump into the water and then we jump back out of the water. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, okay. I love Jesus. No, actually, let me get out here and stay out here in the world a minute. And then, oh, let me love Jesus again, right? You get that metaphor? You know what I'm talking about? Or am I just being crazy up here, right? So like, but Jesus says, no, once you are in the water, now I need you to swim. I want you to carry your cross. Carry your cross is a level of commitment. It's a way of saying I'm going to sacrifice. You know, the logo for our faith 
is a Roman cross. You know that, right? That's what it means. It means sacrifice. It means that you're willing to, to pour your life out. It means that you're willing to give up some of, the, some of the fleshly desires in your heart to follow a different way, right? You're on a broad path, and now you're being brought onto a narrow path. Man, what does it look like? I'm going to give you very quickly, we'll drill down on these another time, seven disciplines of a committed Christian. What does it mean to be committed? What does it mean to move from, hey, I'm, 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 I'm a follower of Jesus, I proclaim with my mouth, I believe in my heart, to actually walking down the way, living it out? I'm going to give you seven so quickly, and then we'll come back another time and go through them again. Number one, it means we pray and fast. We pray and fast. That means we actually spend time communicating with God and hearing from God. If you want to be a follower of Jesus, a real follower of Jesus, this is where it begins. It begins with a relationship with him. You've got to have communication with somebody that you want to have a relationship with. Amen, somebody? If you want to relate, you better communicate. All right? You've got to have some communication, two-way communication. We pray and fast. One of the things that we like to do um, leading up to Easter is we do a 40 days of prayer and fasting. We'll start that next year. I invite you to be a part of that. It's absolutely beautiful. It's absolutely transformative in the sense that it helps you to discipline your heart, mind, soul, and body to start following Jesus. All right? So that's, that's the first thing. The second thing we do is we read and meditate. If you want to know an author, you should read his book. Come on, somebody. You got to read the book because it's in the book that he teaches you who he is and who you are. That's, that's, that's what the book is about. Who he is, who you are, where you're going. All right, so we spend time in the Word of God. Number three is we submit and obey. What do you mean by that? I mean that there are things in the book that tell us, do this and don't do that. And when you become a follower of Jesus, that, that becomes your guide. We don't, we don't bend the Scripture to suit our needs. We bend our desires and our actions to suit the words of God and the commands of Jesus. Right? And when we fail, we admit it, we confess it, we repent, we get some brothers and sisters around us, help pick us up and get back on the path. Sometimes you fall off the path, but you don't just wander off the path, you get back on the path. Amen, somebody? We, we obey Him, right? Number four is we gather faithfully. We gather faithfully. Why do we gather faithfully? Because to be a Christian means to be a part of a body of Christ. The body of Christ. And when a part of the body is cut off from the body, it withers and dies. Right? It just withers and dies. So to be a Christian means I'm incorporated into the body of Christ. That means I'm in real relationship with other followers of Jesus. And they're, they're speaking into my life. I'm speaking into their life. And I'm, we're growing together. That's why we meet every week, weekly celebration. That's why we have life groups. Right? That's where we grow together. So if you want to understand why, why do we push life groups hard, this is why. Because this is how you grow. You've got to be part of the body. It's one of the disciplines. We gather. We gather together. Number five, we serve joyfully. We serve Joyfully. Do you know Jesus said, this is what Jesus said, I came to serve, not to be served. He said that. So the way of Jesus is to get down on your knees and wash the feet of the other disciples. That's what it means to be a Christian. It means to serve somebody. First Peter says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others with God's grace in its various forms. Meaning, you're gifted, you've got gifts, God's given you unique gifts, use those to serve somebody to bring God glory. That's what it means to be a Christian. It means to live that out. This is why we have our dream team. Our dream team, they're serving every week at somewhere. You know, we, 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 we ask people to serve once a month somewhere. At one of the campuses, once a month. Because that's a way that you can begin to serve somebody else and be a part of the way of Jesus by serving somebody in an area of your strength. Number six is we give generously. We give generously. Jesus said where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So to be a Christian means to actually take something 
that means something to you and to give it away. Right? That's what it means. If you are a non-believer, if you are a non-Christian today, I would challenge you to take this principle into whatever world that you're in. Right? Take 10% of your income and give it to the Boys and Girls Club. Take 10% of your income and give it to some some nonprofit organization. It could be a non-religious nonprofit, but make sure that it's something that serves the community that you don't benefit from. Okay? Something bigger than you. Let me challenge you. Do that and watch your life expand. I'm telling you. Watch your life expand because we give generously. It's a part, it's a spiritual reality. Your heart goes where your treasure is. Right? So as Christians or as non-Christians, that principle is true. You should give away a, a portion that you feel to something bigger than you. Number seven, we rest peacefully. Meaning we, we don't spend our life hustling and bustling. We don't spend all of our life on our screens and on our phones. We don't spend all of our life working. We make sure that we're taking time to rest and trust God and say, God, we just rest in you. We know that you're good and we know that the world can spin without us, right? And God, I'm just going to trust you. That, that's, th- those are the seven disciplines of a committed Christian. So when we host our next steps, we're inviting you into those disciplines. We're inviting you to take the step from Christian to committed, right? We're, we want you to take that step because Jesus says, take your cross and follow me. This is the way of Jesus, and we're going to take you on that way. But it doesn't end there. Wait, wait, there's more. The inner, inner spiral is what we call commissioned. Before I get there, let me, let me give you this scripture. The very end of Jesus' life, Matthew 28, the very end of Jesus' life, after death, burial, and resurrection, right before he ascended into heaven, he said this. He gathered his disciples, and he said, this is what he said. It says, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Some got all the way to this point and were still doubting him. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. But you don't have to do it alone because surely I am with you to the very end of the age. This is a passage known as the Great Commission. This is the last thing that Jesus said on the earth. He said, I brought you from the community into the crowd. And I brought you from the crowd into being a Christian, a follower of me. And then I brought you from being a follower to a committed carrying your cross kind of follower. But now that I'm getting ready to leave, I want you to be me on the earth. I want you to be my hands and feet. I want you to be Jesus in flesh on the earth. I'm commissioning you to go out and bring those who are outside of the party, those who have not experienced the banquet, go out into the streets and the alleys and find the poor, the, the halt, the blind, the lame. Find the people who need God, find the people who have relationship problems and financial problems and social problems and and all kinds of different bring them into my house teach them to obey everything, give them the gospel, let them know what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus, to be free from their sin and their shame and their condemnation. Jesus is saying to you, this is where I'm taking you this is where I want you to go this is where I am calling you if you look at the life of Jesus you see that he started off in the crowd. Actually, he started off outside of the crowd, in the community. He was, a, he was from Nowheresville. He was from Nazareth. 
If you look at the scriptures and you see the, the way they talk about Nazareth, they said, what, what good can come out of Nazareth? He was, he was country, man. He was out there. He was like, wow, where is this guy? Where is this guy from? Where is he going? What has he got? Right? But one day there was somebody baptizing down in the Jordan River. And Jesus stepped up for baptism. It turns out it was his cousin, a guy named John the Baptizer, a guy that ate locusts and honey, a guy that wore camel hair outfits. I mean, this is a guy that was out there a little bit. And Jesus says, I'm going to step I'm going to step from the community into the crowd. And then he stepped into the waters of baptism. If you read that passage, the heavens opened up. The Holy Spirit descended like a dove, right? A voice from heaven came down and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, right? And from that day forward, Jesus did what? He committed his life. He committed himself to the mission. He went out proclaiming the gospel of of the kingdom of God. He went out healing the sick. He began to serve. He began to sacrifice, right? And then... As we know, his story ends with what? With a cross. His story ends with a cross that says, hey, I'm going to sacrifice my life for you. And when I sacrifice my life for you, it's going to free you to do what? To become me as a body, as a community. I want you to become the body of Christ. I'm the head, he says. I want you to be the body. I want you to move all the way in and when you get all the way in this is the crazy thing about the christian faith he sends you right back out (laughs) he says go and get the serve the community go and serve the crowd go and serve some christians go and serve some people who are committed go and serve some people who are commissioned in fact you go commission some people right this is the difference between john's baptism and jesus baptism john was responsible for baptizing all of his disciples jesus said to his disciples you go and baptize them right this is why the church this is why the church spread like crazy and this is why we're here today right because some people said i'm going to walk on the way of jesus so as i'm closing today here's what i i'm going to ask you to do i'm going to ask you to do and they're having a little trouble with the piano over here but don't you worry about that one bit um here's what i'm going to ask you to do i want you to take a moment i want you to pull out a connection card that's in front of you in a seat back they might be folded up for those of you in the Tivoli, there's a little, should be a connection card. And if there's not a connection card, then a member of our team will hand one to you. If you do not have a connection card, then you can lift your hand and we'll make sure to give you one. Okay? And there should be a pin in, in that area in front of you. And what I'm going to ask you to do for the next few moments in just silence and maybe with, maybe, with, maybe with some music, but if not, then just in silence. I want you to pray to God and say, God, what is my next step? on your way where am I God and where do you want me to go listen to me now I want you to pray this prayer God what is the next step you have for me on the way maybe for some of you it means you're actually just going to move into the crowd this is your first time and you said you know what I'm just going to at least come here and hang out and have this cultural experience for a little while I'm going to take that step maybe for some of you that are in the crowd, you've been hanging here for a while, you say, you know what? I'm going to actually give my heart to Jesus. I'm going to make a commitment to follow Jesus. I'm going to put my trust in Him. I'm going to follow Him. I'm going to become a believer. I'm going to follow Jesus with my life. Maybe some of you that are Christians, you've been hanging around for a while, and you go, you know what? I'm going to make a commitment. I'm going to make a commitment. I'm going to join a church body. If, this isn't, if, it, if it's not this church, then it's got to be some church. You've got to be part of the body of Christ somewhere, somehow, some way. 
got to be integrated in the body of Christ. Okay? Maybe if you're committed, you start to go, you know what? Let me be commissioned. Let me turn around and go serve out here. Let me go launch a life group. Let me go be a part of a team that serves somebody. Let me go out here and, and, and start to proclaim the gospel through my words and my actions. Let me have a little boldness because the power of the Holy Spirit is upon me and has commissioned me to go out and do the work of Jesus in the community around me. Whatever yours is, I want you to take a moment. Now, here's what you can do. If you want to put your information on there so that we can reach out to you and help you, please feel free to do that. If you want to do it completely anonymously, that's totally fine. This is for you. So if it would be helpful for us to reach out to you, we'll reach out to you. If it would be helpful for you to just keep this to yourself, then just don't put your contact information. But I want everybody to write it down and pray, God, what step do you want me to take on the way of Jesus? And after you write that down, we're going to sing, we're going to pray, and we're going to sing. And then, on your way out, I'm going to have you drop it in one of the baskets at the Shaw. They'll have people with baskets at U-City. They'll have people with baskets. If you're online, then I would encourage you to type it into the chat. After you've prayed, just type it into the chat. Say, God, what, do you want, what step do you want me to take? What's my next step on the way of Jesus? Let's take a moment, just in silence, with a little bit of music. Let's just take a moment and pray that prayer individually and alone. Let's pray. Father, we come before you and we ask, Lord God, what next step do you want us to take on the way of Jesus? Where do you want us to go? You are the way. What step do we take on your way, on your path, God? Do we move from the community to the crowd? Do we move from the crowd to putting our faith in you and putting our trust in you and saying we want to follow you, Jesus? Do we move from Christians to commit it and say, I want to be part of a body of believers and serve and lead and give and attend and encourage and empower others. We move from committed to commissioned, where we actually become ambassadors of your love in St. Louis and beyond. Lord, I just pray that each and every one of us here would follow you on your way. We would take up our cross and follow you as a church and as individuals. We're so grateful for you. We're so grateful for your grace and mercy upon each one of us. We're so grateful for your love and your kindness and your mercy for each and every one of us. And God, we ask that you would lead us today. Transform our hearts. Make us yours. We love you and praise you. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen.